Hello, my seven o'clock samurai. This is your Rasha Monster Under the Bed host, Matthew Sanborn Smith, and his Hidden Pillow Fortress podcast, Beware the Hairy Mango. Today's story is all about being in a tight family. If your family is exceptionally tight, maybe you want to cut back on the alcohol at family gatherings. But the truth is, I've got it all backwards, because the more rum Uncle Benny steals from his job at the rummery, the more we get together. The More We Get Together by Matthew Sanborn Smith After their long trip across the country, Reba called her mother to let her know they had arrived in one piece. Her mother screamed in horror as it was the last thing any mother would want to hear, because Reba and her family had started out on their trip in multiple pieces as God and physics had intended. Now Reba, her husband Chuck, their child Esmeralda, dog Poncho, all their luggage, and the vehicle they had driven away in were all fused into one nightmarish thing. What the hell had gone on between here and there, Mother wanted to know. Strangely enough, Reba answered, it wasn't any single event that had turned them into one unit, but a series of hilarious mishaps. During their adventure with the Dream Pirates, Esmeralda had become one with Reba's travel case. But then, in the incident in the Hollows, Poncho had been impaled by the car antenna. As a joke, Chuck replaced Reba's moisturizing lotion with molasses, and she noticed it immediately, but still rubbed it all over herself just to teach him a lesson. That's how a bunch of ants had become part of them also. There was the mad scientist they had stayed with in Denver. He seemed nice enough, but as they slept, he employed a device of his own construction which transformed all of their clothing into one enormous piece of ugly patchwork tarp including the clothing they were wearing. The insane doctor called his device a sewing machine. It had just gone on and on like that until they rolled their last hundred miles home like a bloody, oily Katamari ball. Reba's mother wanted to know how they were planning on separating themselves now that they were home. Reba explained that they weren't going to. They'd never been closer as a family, and it must have been a good thing because Esmeralda had grown almost twice as big with all the love. Actually, Esmeralda had had a second baby attached to her ever since the baby changing station in Tallahassee, where the only supplies at hand were a few thousand staples and one giant knitting needle. Reba wisely neglected to tell her mother that little Essie now had two heads and eight limbs. That was just the sort of thing that would set Mother off. In fact, the whole experience had been so good for Reba's family, they were planning to attach more things to themselves, starting with their house and the seemingly abandoned wheelbarrow in the neighbor's backyard. Sure, it was tough at the office, but Reba had a super cool boss who eventually attached himself to their group directly where her body was. When Chuck protested, Reba suggested that if he didn't like it, maybe he should have kept the molasses at the self-serve hot dog station where he'd found it. One would expect from a story like this that eventually everything in the universe would be joined together until it collapsed beneath its own astronomical weight and a second Big Bang occurred. But long before that, Reba's mother appeared with a boss set of pinking shears and separated nearly all of them when she sheared their pinkings. I say nearly all of them because she left Reba and Reba's boss together because she never really liked Chuck. Also, she left Poncho on the antenna so Reba could find her car quickly in crowded parking lots. If this story stuck you up, you can snoot it and other haughty attitudes at the website of the highly uptight BewareTheHairyMango.com. Scatter unerringly through the comments for this post or Waikiki mail me and we'll cruise the streets trying to get some diamond head at Matthew at BewareTheHairyMango.com or go surfing until we damage some groins at BewareTheHairyMango at gmail.com. Whenever we discovered a fine, fine line between pleasure and pain, the SF and SF signal used to stand for Slappy Friends, the spankingest group of comrades you ever did see. Things fell apart early when JP enforced his clothing as 
his non-optional rule around the office, and the only exposed skin around meant we were spanking each other's faces. It's all good fun until someone loses a nose. We went from slap happy to slap sad. Hope is the thing with feathers that tweets in the soul, though because the soul has no Wi-Fi, it never reaches twitter.com slash upwithgravity. And maybe that's for the best, because what you're doing there sounds spooky. My soul is going to have to sleep with the lights on, and I imagine I'll get heartburn from the soul bulb. Alright, listen, buckos. You don't want to give me your money, and I don't want to take your money. But we've all got to do things in life that we don't want to do. Now, I'm willing to do my part, so just grit your teeth, go to the donate button on the homepage, tear off the non-brand name adhesive bandage of your choice, and give me a fuck ton of money. This podcast zips merrily down the crotch of a garage sale pair of pants right during that part of the job interview when you're asked to demonstrate how you'll bend over backwards for the company, and you've taken the phrase quite literally, but after the wiener pop and ensuing humiliation, you find that not only do you get the job, they're instantly promoting you to Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Share Alike 4.0 International License. Until Ralph Monroe and Sam Drucker get hot and heavy in the cloakroom at Arnold Ziffel's Bar Mitzvah, this will be the fourth iteration of the genetic experiment vulgarly known around the laboratory as Matthew Sanborn Smith, reminding you a pain in the head means a bathroom with meds, a pain in the belly means a bathroom that's smelly. Good night.